I'm Amanda Guest, and I founded BFF.FM because I believe in the power of community radio to change the music scene. Act like you're perfect, everyone knows You're just like everyone else Except for you're better at taking photos Oh, 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 yeah. Why you gotta make everything show? Oh, oh, oh. Man. You're so fucking fake oh, You don't need a Got my phone Calling me up when you're getting drunk You say you're in love, but what do you mean? Cause when you wake up, you blame it on drugs And then we break up, you lie through your teeth You just wanna play little games for attention You just wanna play little games for attention Telling me your perfect lies And wasting all my time Cause you're so fucking fake uh, You don't need a Good morning. You are listening to TV on the radio here on BFF.FM. I'm Leah, uh, and I'm here with Jessica. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Leah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Great. Well, welcome to church. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Should well, we open with a prayer? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, well, today we are talking about the Hulu documentary, God Forbid, the Sex Scandal of Jerry Falwell Jr. I don't remember what the full title is. Um, but, uh, yeah, what a, what a time. Where were you, Jess, when you were, <laughs> do you remember where you were when you heard about the Jerry Falwell sex scandal? Um, sorry, my microphone is sexually assaulting me once again. Uh, no, I do not. I only dimly recalled this whole thing. I think I remembered there was... Yeah, there was a sex scandal, and yeah. I think I remembered that it resulted in Jerry Falwell Jr. no longer being president of Liberty yeah, University. Yeah, the, the true scandal, that there were any repercussions yeah. for anything. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think Jerry Falwell Jr. cares. I think he's still out there oh, living his best life on his, on his yacht. 
Uh, he's probably happier not pretending to be, you know, some uh, pious, yeah. uh, holier than thou yeah. Christian man. I don't know. Um, I don't. Yeah, I didn't really remember uh, all the details. I feel mm-hmm. like I maybe, maybe remembered the word pool boy being yeah. thrown around quite a bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, this really fleshed out the pool boy. It sure did. So <laughs> this, <laughs> this was a, uh, the sex scandal was that Jerry Falwell, the, um, I was going to say owner, which is what he is, but the president of Liberty University, um, a Christian evangelical school in um, Kentucky? Lynchburg, no, Virginia. Virginia. That's right. Um, is uh, he and his wife, his wife was having um, a, an affair that spanned over seven years with a pool boy slash real estate <laughs> mogul. They keep calling him a pool boy. And like, yeah. that's what he was called he, the pool they boy met in the press. At the pool at the Fountain Blue right. where he was working. But pool boy, when I heard this originally, I think pool boy, like the guy who comes, guy who cleans comes your clean, pool, exactly. checks the pH level. Yeah. But he was, I think he was more of a server, right? Yeah. At the pool yeah. at a fancy, yeah. you know, at a party pool. He was a towel boy, really. Okay. <laughs> Either way. Maybe that's a pool boy. But, but yeah. There was I, a very funny moment where it seemed like his biggest regret, or his sister also is extensively interviewed mm-hmm. in this. And she says something like, my brother worked for one year at the Fountain Blue, and now he'll forever be known as the pool boy. Yeah. And it's like, that's your biggest issue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, as I said, so the scandal was that Jerry Falwell's wife had a seven-year relationship with this much younger, conventionally attractive in that GOP way. Absolutely um, the most blandly handsome yeah, man yeah, yeah. lab created. Um, little kid, and the scandal came about because... Uh, apparently Jerry Falwell um, liked to watch mm-hmm. and whatever Jerry Falwell whatever the fuck gets you off I don't care I absolutely not kink shaming Jerry Falwell or his wife I Becky will for whatever <laughs> it's gross, I think <laughs> sorry oh, oh Jessica <laughs> I don't want to be in the room when I'm having sex let alone have someone else in the room real <laughs> testament to like the power of 20 year old male horniness mm-hmm. that you like you can get past that. Like, you want to fuck a woman so bad that yeah. if her creepy-ass husband is sitting <laughs> in, in the, the corner, corner quietly, yeah. it's just, you can still get it up with that yep. going on. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Giancarlo Grandi is the aforementioned pool boy. Uh, the documentary focuses extensively on him. As you mentioned, a blandly handsome dummy. I mean, this, <laughs> <laughs> this kid... Was so, so stupid. It's so stupid. And the thing I I love this documentary. I thought it was very well done. And mm-hmm. and the thing that I appreciated most about it is that it started off as the, the Jerry Falwell scandal was, you know, it was obviously something like that is ripe for all the takes, right? Like it's it's, you know, mm. obviously it's titillating. It's going to be discussed um, over and over. And this show, this documentary started off interviewing Giancarlo about how all this happened. And it was this sort of like low stakes, stupid thing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's just, it's dumb, right? Right. <laughs> like I mean, it's, it's so the affair started, he had no idea who these people yes, were. Yes, he had no idea the who they started. were. Yeah, it, just wind blowing through that man's ears <laughs> just like straight wind tunnel like i am not surprised you did not know who these Can I, I don't want to jump ahead but this but 
documentary takes some weird turns, some surprising things happen. And then at one point, his sister says, and then my brother got into Georgetown for a master's program. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Would not believe it. Like, it's George's town. Like he went to, the, like, he went to some Georgetown Academy yeah. for special boys. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So the thing that I really appreciated that I felt this documentary did so well is it starts off with this sort of like titillating, like ha ha, like this mm-hmm. stupid scandal about this hypocrite, like a a fucking hypocrite, just like all these stupid rich white men anyway it starts off like that and then really did just show like the truly nefarious side of all of this like it's not this is not low stakes like it started off this stupid low stakes thing about this dummy pool boy guy Mm -hmm. and then does show how jerry falwell was instrumental in getting donald trump elected thus Mm -hmm. throwing our entire country in the bin but um and just and the thing that I think it did well that I didn't really realize um, was it it showed Liberty University and I was truly just thinking about it. I was like who the fuck goes to Liberty University right like it showed all the like the moral uh, code that you have to follow yeah. and like alcohol will get you fined everything will get you fined right, right. it's all like you know a way for Liberty University to make more money. Yeah. Um, but I was like, who the fuck goes to Liberty University? And then I was just thinking about like, I was like, oh yeah, there are people who like evangelical kids yeah. who are never exposed to anything other than like, that's the path. And it just really showed how like, it's a pipeline for Charlottesville, like all the shit that is, you know, coming to the forefront as like truly, devastating to the country like it it just it really I don't know I I hadn't thought about I I had sort of thought like oh these people are all assholes but I really just didn't I think this documentary did a good job at just showing like how these people are just indoctrinated like yeah, it truly well, is like any cult right you're like indoctrinated I mean I think and, the documentary plays it a little bit both sides by suggesting like Jerry Falwell Jr. is directly responsible for Donald Trump becoming president. And we all know it's Obama who's directly responsible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but I think this, it it also does a good job of going back in time and showing how evangelical Mm -hmm. uh, religion and right-wing politics have been linked since long before that. And it was a foregone conclusion that the head of Liberty University would endorse Donald Trump. Yeah. They showed a cavalcade of people coming to speak at the university that have nothing to do with like Steph religion Curry. or Christianity. Ugh. It's just like it was just all insane right wing psychopaths mm-hmm. like Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, every I can't remember any of the other ones, but every psychopath, like rabid right-wing dickhead yeah exactly comes to you know talk to the student body of liberty university so like the whole donald trump of it all like that was it was already there was there was no world in which jerry falwell jr wasn't going to endorse like the most rabid right-wing candidate for president 
And in fact, it goes all the way back to show that Liberty University was founded as a way to uh, get around like anti-segregation laws, Mm -hmm. you know, a private university founded so that they didn't have to admit black students. And uh, yeah, it's really more about the the vileness of Liberty University and how it has nothing to do with religion Mm -hmm. really yes and like so it doesn't matter that jerry falwell jr like he i don't he didn't even he barely made an effort to conceal all of this like all of the rules and like you know things students get fined for they can't have sex they can't yeah they're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage they can't drink or do anything Mm -hmm. um and Jerry Falwell Jr. barely concealed the fact that he was drinking tequila on oh. stage while giving yeah. lectures. I mean, he he the clearly man loves to party. Descended into alcoholism, like clear, uh, clearly. Which again, no shame, <laughs> no no judgment. But I think if it weren't for his association with his father and the university and the uh, the GOP, would Jerry Falwell Jr. be fun to hang out with? The man loves to party. Yeah, he does love to party. Loves a drink on a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love a drink sure. on a yacht, Jerry Falwell? I look forward to his episode of Below Deck. Um, but <laughs> He would be the best fucking charter on Below Deck yeah. from your lips to God's ears. I would love to see him face off with Captain Lee over like the appetizers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the documentary did a good job of just displaying like, I, it, the thing I appreciated is it starts off it's told obviously from Giancarlo's um, POV, as mm-hmm. they say, and I think seeing his like seeing a light flick on in that poor dumb, dumb man's head, like mm-hmm. as he like, hey, I just realized like maybe these people like it just felt very old yeller to me. Like as I was watching this documentary, I was old like, yellers political oh, awakening. Oh, mice and men, they are going to. <laughs> <laughs> Giancarlo out back and just have him look at the flowers like just I, I think a miracle it didn't end that way for him honestly <laughs> Truly, yeah um but I think it just like it it just it felt like it started as this like sort of like goofy comedy to me and yeah. then turned into a truly harrowing thing like where you see like just the dawn of realization of like the calls coming from inside the house like this this guy i don't look again the this kid was 20 he seems extremely naive yeah uh, that's a generous read i i think um <laughs> extremely naive but also like wanted the access that these people got him like to power and to money and all of the things that bland rich white men think they're entitled to right like yeah I mean, he, he, he talked he about question. how he grew up Republican. Yeah. I think his family's Cuban, so Florida Cubans, like, of course he's a Republican. Mm-hmm. He was a fan of Donald Trump, yeah. really. Like, I think he was an aspiring he businessman. Liked the art of the deal. <laughs> he liked the art of the deal. Yeah. And yeah, it's sort of framed around his, um, maybe political awakening is a strong word, but his, uh, you know, realizing that maybe these people are bad and hypocritical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it wasn't the fact that uh, he was uh, railing 
Becky Falwell while Jerry Falwell is standing no. in the corner masturbating. That had nothing to do with it. And it's fine. That should have nothing to do with it. What consenting adults do between themselves is that's disgusting. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I don't sure. care. Like, that's that's not the problem. Um, it, again, you know, it's the... It's the hypocrisy for me, as they say. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the fact of these people, you know, preaching one set of everything while, while you know, yeah. do. And, yeah. I mean, I guess we don't want to kink shame. I kind of do. <laughs> but, I mean, just aside from the, the particular kink of their little threesome, mm-hmm. whatever it was, I don't... I am also reluctant to accuse everyone of grooming to yeah. uh, allow for the possibility that an adult white male is is the the victim. But it was like extremely gross. Oh, super <clears throat> gross. He and- ends up like becoming part of their family, basically. Yeah. Sometimes referred to as like the sibling to their mm-hmm. their other adult children. And, like, I can imagine at 20, like, getting a few years deep into this bizarre fucking relationship mm-hmm. and just, like, how do you get out of that, you know? Yeah, like, how do you, truly. I mean, how do you, ugh, just, like, realizing that you're sort of, like, in a weird fucked up family with Jerry Falwell Jr. <laughs> and fucking his wife slash your sort of mo- mother figure, ugh. <laughs> a, a nightmare. Yeah, truly a nightmare. Um, And, yeah, you're right. I I am hesitant to paint this dummy again <laughs> as a victim but, but yeah, I mean, yeah that's like we talk about power differentials yeah. that's quite the power differential these people were extremely rich and powerful and we talk a lot on the show about cults and what for us would be our exit point <clears throat> and it's always very early on like keith ranieri as soon as I saw those knee pads come out, I would be like, nope, this is not for me. <laughs> you would get as far as the knee pads. Knee huh? pads playing volleyball. I, enough for I me. I can't stay uh, up to, till midnight, so I wouldn't wouldn't make it to the volleyball game. <laughs> but um, for me, if I met these rich people at the Fontainebleau and they were like, let's, you know, mm-hmm. I, or this older lady was like, Hey, I'll show you a real good time. And then they're like, meet me at the days in. Oh, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> the fuck not. Rude. No, <laughs> absolutely not. That's when I'm out. Like, I'm like, no. Well, they did that because their children were, were staying, staying at, at the Fawn Blue. Blue so I, I assume not in their same room. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it's gross. It's, it's gross. gross. And they, and the documentary touched on the fact that Liberty University, has a series of Title IX violations and, um, you know, a, a real history of, like, not investigating allegations of abuse and sexual assault uh-huh. and all of that. And, um, yeah, there were – Jerry Falwell was sending some pictures of, like, some students that were oh, at, like, like, at his cottage house? on, like, his property or whatever. And, oh, boy. Yeah, that guy's flagrant. I mean, he got in trouble – I don't know if it was at the same time as the John Carlo thing, but he posted a picture on his own Instagram of himself, I think on his boat with his, uh, some woman, his arm around some woman, not his wife. Oh, and and she had her pants open and he had his pants open. He had a drink in his hand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The guy's just. No fucks given. Nope. No fucks (laughs) given. Absolutely insulated by like. 
yeah, is and and also, I mean, the Becky Falwell of it all, who also she was thirteen when they met, um, yes. and he was eighteen. Um, but it multiple people throughout the show said that you know this is a couple that's like very in love and very like in lockstep, and yeah. Um, I mean, that's a real solid relationship if you can introduce that sort of uh, sexual element of, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, totally. That would uh, ruin some marriages, but not the Falwells. No, not God the bless Falwells. them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just out there having a good time. Yeah. Um, you know what they want. Yeah. But again, it's just, it's that, it, it, these people are just such stereotypes, like, just so stereotypically hypocritical. Like, she is the, you know, rich Southern wife who benefits from all these systems of oppression that Mm -hmm. she happily partakes in. And uh, yeah, it's kind of real gross. But one one of the other things that I enjoyed about this show is the fucking random assortment of characters who waltz through this. Oh my God. Michael Cohen. Sure. Is there anything that motherfucker doesn't have a sticky little pause in? (laughs) If there's someone to, yeah, Tom (laughs) Arnold. That was Tom Arnold just <laughs> popping up out of nowhere. But yeah, that guy's, he's on a real journey. It, he's chaotic neutral. Is he chaotic neutral or chaotic evil? I don't evil? know. I don't it's know. very funny that like, I don't know how long it's been known that he's like a, an anti-Trump crusader, but uh-huh. like via trying to like uncover the P-tapes or whatever, like he pops up with some conspiracy stuff about Trump. But this, it manifested here in that he, I guess he gets wind of the whole Falwell thing. And it's just like this, these people are on a different level. Like yeah. he calls up Michael Cohen. Yeah. And like Michael Cohen starts giving him information. It's like, why is Michael Cohen helping Tom Arnold? Like, <laughs> it's really, it's just like, it's like everything else. They're like, we think that there are like political opponents, but there's not. It's mm-hmm. like, everyone's just, the only people who have class solidarity are the extremely rich. And yeah. it's like. Michael Cohen and Tom Arnold are maybe on opposite sides of some fights, but at the end of the day, they're both rich and they're probably friends, you know? Oh, yeah. And also, if Michael Cohen can get any future compromise yeah. on Tom Arnold, then, you know, yeah. like, it's it's all... It is also funny It's all wheeling and dealing to them. Yeah, there, but... There's no, like, sides. That, and that's It's the, all a negotiation. That's the thing, right? We're living that with Twitter too, right? Everyone's like, oh, somebody's playing like four-dimensional chess. And it's like, no, these people are just fucking dumb. All of these people. <laughs> I do want to talk about Twitter. It's are just today. dumb. <laughs> let's, oh, let's get to it. Let's oh, you want to talk <laughs> about Twitter? Or were you on Twitter this week? Yes, I was on Twitter this week. It's the best it's ever been. <laughs> I'm having a great time. You're having a great time? Oh, I love Twitter. it. Okay. Uh, which Elon parody accounts your favorite? <laughs> Elon Musk pooped his pants is uh, doing good good work this week and uh, yeah I we, I think we discussed this briefly last night but um there was a you know if you're not following Twitter it's all over the place Elon Musk is uh pulling all the levers and pushing all the buttons trying to make Twitter great again <laughs> but like there was a moment this week when people who had uh, checkmark accounts couldn't change their handles. Mm-hmm. And Doja Cat had changed hers to Christmas. And she <laughs> tweeted at Elon Musk, like, I don't want to have this handle. Please let me change it. And he tweets back to her, you can change your handle now. And yeah. she changes it to Elon Musk and says, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but then the next day, her handle was just fart. 
and I could not, she didn't say anything about it on her timeline, so I can't confirm this, but <laughs> I have a suspicion that Elon Musk got mad and changed her handle to fart, which I am fucking dying to know. Like, I really want to be in his war room just to uh, see the top 10 say. priority list of Elon what Elon's Musk working on in today. his bunker with his speak and spell. Yes. <laughs> Typing in fart. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, I was telling my husband this, like Elon Musk isn't a programmer, an engineer. He didn't personally do that. He said to another person uh, yeah. in the office, please change Doja Cat's handle to fart. <laughs> That's your priority right now. Work on that. Like, yeah. Unfucking believable. Yep. I was looking this morning. He tweeted something. Ed Markey got the senator. Someone was impersonating his account and he got mad about it and tweeted about it. And Elon Musk responds, like, maybe it's because your real account sounds like a parody. And then um, and then he tweeted later, like, also, why is your profile picture wearing a mask? Like, first of all, Elon Musk, don't you have any other things to think about? Yeah. Second of all, those two tweets, 16 minutes apart. He sat there for 16 on it for fucking six. minutes yeah. thinking about Ed Markey's tweets. Elon and Musk spent $44 billion yeah. to fight with everyone Everyone. in the world (laughs) just take take everybody on and yeah i honestly we all live in our own fucking realities but if nothing comes of this please let the elon musk dick riders who think that he's smart (laughs) yeah i'm sorry you can't you can't pretend that's true anymore you have to admit that this man's a moron his hair plugs are drilled directly into his brain and uh, yeah it's there, let the idea of meritocracy be banished forever. There's no oh, such yeah. thing. Yeah, well, be born in apartheid South Africa with uh, a diamond or emerald vine yeah. mm-hmm. to your name. That's how you get to. That's how you get to the top. Yep, it's my goals. <laughs> 2023, become the heiress to an emerald vine. Okay, well, um, you're gonna have to, uh, you know. Change some things about your threesome lifestyle with Grimes and Elon Musk. <laughs> who, who is Grimes with now? I don't know. Chelsea Manning. That's right. That's right. Is that still going yes, on? I, I think I believe actually. that's still going on. Um, yeah. Was, there was an Elon parody that said something like, uh, <laughs> "Never mind. I can't remember the joke. I won't just fuck up jokes." But okay. it was about like rolling out new features, but just for people named Grimes and yeah. the features. <laughs> are having dinner at my house. Please come back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What a time to be alive, guys. What a time to be alive. I I mean, uh, yeah. You you probably shouldn't turn this into just a Twitter complaint hotline, but the whole like... I'm going to have to charge you $8 (laughs) a month for that. Like, we were talking about this last week. Like, he's paying lip service to democratizing Twitter, but by allowing you to buy a blue check but mm-hmm. i don't even understand the dumb guy logic behind that because mm-hmm. it's not the same thing like blue check doesn't mean anything if you just pay eight dollars for mm-hmm. it like it yeah. just means you have eight dollars yeah so <laughs> well then just, for it's very stupid then for two hours it was eight dollars plus underneath it's that official yeah like, it's, and I, then the it's official my was gone <laughs> i tried to make a parody account this week but i think i missed out on being able to buy a blue check so I'm waiting for that to come back got some parody ideas um, i'm gonna verify myself just yeah finally no yeah. more fakely advances <laughs> no, anymore <laughs> i am yeah i'm i'm real guys i'm gonna make a, a real parody girl. of you <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> do it it's just gonna be 
Elon Musk content all the time. Yeah, the paid for blue checks has been a very funny week. I've enjoyed everyone's work. (laughs) I don't think it's going to, I think the problems it's going to create for Twitter outweigh the comedy gold, but Oh yeah. Official George W. Bush tweeting, I miss killing Iraqis. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and his profile was just so what if I did 9-11? <laughs> yeah. So it's, good. Yeah. It's Do you feel like if if this is it for Twitter, if he sinks it into the ground, like do I you don't feel think sad? it's an if. I think I think it's how I mean, I don't know. I wonder if he'll just I, I, yeah, I, I don't no think idea. there's any Deus Ex Machina here. There's, I mean, I think the Deus Ex Machina is him realizing that all the, there's Twitter is bound by the laws of the many, many com- com- mm-hmm. com- countries in which it operates, and he's just going to have to admit that you can't do that much to change it. Mm. You know, I mean, I guess that's not enough because now he's so over leveraged that he has to figure out how to make it make more money. So maybe it is done. But anyway, my question is. Does that make you sad? To lose Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Twitter is a noted hellhole. Um, mm. <laughs> but Twitter is uh, the thing that I most frequently go to on Me my too. phone. And also, I will genuinely, I mean, yeah, for, for all the bad <laughs> that has come about um, from Twitter, there's also like, Matthew Perry, Irish Twitter. Mm-hmm. There's like been <laughs> real moments of joy yeah. on that stupid fucking app for me where, yeah, people do good work and people have changed their lives through Twitter. Like people have, I, like I haven't personally, like people have, you know, found jobs and found voices and careers yeah. and a bunch of stuff. And yeah, I mean, we're all just going to have to go to TikTok now. Like, I mean, there's nothing that, We'll replace it. People are all like, you know, you can follow me on Mastodon, yeah. but that's just, it's not going to happen. No one's going to no, go to Mastodon. There's no replacement for Twitter. I do feel sad about it. Um, but I feel like, I don't know if it goes, I, this is probably boring and too about me, but like my experience of social media has always been extremely ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I was on Facebook or, well, Facebook, MySpace. Friendster, mm-hmm. all, none of which I'm on. Anyway. I am still on Friendster. You can friend me. No, just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I go can't find all like, my Malaysian boyfriends. Um, but yeah, like the the music forum where I met you mm-hmm. and my husband and your husband, like that's gone. Like, yeah, I met a lot of people on there, and that doesn't exist anymore. Um, I like I did get a job through Twitter. Mm-hmm. I wrote for a website for right. many years. I put a lot of work into that. That website's gone. Everything LibertyUniversity.com is gone. <laughs> but everything I produced for that website <laughs> evaporated into mm-hmm. the ether. And so for me, it does feel like, of course, Twitter was going to go away. It always goes away. That's the digital age. Nothing is permanent anymore. It's all just, you know, ones and zeros in the cloud. And it just dissipates at some point. So I don't, it kind of feels right for me I, for Twitter I to go away. But I mean, I am very sad. I'm gonna yeah, I don't think it needed to. And also, certainly... Weird Al follows me on Twitter. So <laughs> there's like nothing that could replace that. Yeah. And also, I just don't think that it needed to be hastened to its demise. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I By mean... a fucking baby brain idiot. Yes. Yeah. By a baby brain idiot. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, 
you want to see you in hell. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say about God forbid? Um. Yeah, no, it was worth the while. I feel like it could have been fleshed out. You know, far be it from me to ask for something to be longer, but mm-hmm. it really like packed in a lot about the history of Liberty University that yeah. I could have done more with. Like it did just very briefly touch on like the Title IX stuff mm-hmm. and the um the sexual assaults that have been covered up or swept under the rug. Um and I feel like there's so much about Florida that this documentary kind of captures. There's a whole like side plot about them trying to sort of, I guess, burden John Carlo with like a real estate deal to well, like keep him within the fold. But then yeah. there are these people that get involved that are called like, you know, your standard Moops. Florida bullshit yeah. artists. And like <laughs> yeah. there's a whole thing there. Just like well, that's Florida's just top to bottom bullshit artists. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I texted you, I was like, should we get in on this? Move <laughs> I, to Florida, become bullshit artists? Absolutely not. I cannot yeah, I don't set go to foot Florida. in that state for many reasons. Namely, the humidity. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The alligators. Uh, (laughs) The snakes. Oh, Um, yeah, that could be an issue. Yeah. uh, Yeah, well, I mean, I think that all came about because those mooks are the guys who basically were like, what the fuck's up with, like, why is this rich old man giving you all this money? And they, like, delved into it and found out that uh, they were in this, like, relationship and then using that to blackmail the Falwells, who who did keep this under wraps for a long time. And ultimately, Giancarlo is the one who came forward with his own story. He spoke to Reuters yeah. and now sees himself as like an avenging angel, I guess. <laughs> of who, course. Which, you know, that may well be the case, right? Like, I don't know, maybe he stopped the next 20-year-old from like entering into a seven-year relationship with the goddamn Falwells. Yeah. But um it's yeah i don't know it's just like i said the thing that i appreciated is it starts off as this kind of like low stakes just like stupid titillating little thing and then you're just like oh it's really like whatever ew about the sex stuff just ew about Mm -hmm. america it's truly just daily i just yeah get slapped in the face with the, the ways that this country is terrible yeah. Yeah. I guess the real you of the whole thing isn't the, the sexual acts. <laughs> but like, the, I like I already sort of said this, but the, he sort of becomes part of their family. But it was mm-hmm. almost like he was a pet. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they kept this man like he was their their pet. Bringing oh, yeah. him on the jet and like feeding and housing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing him to Donald Trump and yeah. his little, little hands. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, it's just gross. Yeah. It's just gross. Um, I do think that the evangelical thing is, it's a problem for this country, <laughs> I gotta say. Um, we saw we saw a play out this week in the election when 88% of evangelicals voted for a man with CTE and a history of abusing <laughs> his wives and uh, paying for numerous abortions. Um and I do think that this week the election results were a direct rebuke to Roe v. Wade being overturned and mm-hmm. this documentary. And there's much written about this and it's very well researched, obviously, but abortion became a key issue 
um, because of Jerry Falwell, basically. It was, well, not just Jerry Falwell Sr., but like, be, polit- like they just needed an in and they found out that like abortion was going to be the, the hot button for evangelicals. Yeah. Um, who historically had not cared about it and saw it as like a Catholic problem and evangelicals were doing whatever they wanted and are still getting abortions to this day. Um, but uh, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think the truly harrowing thing is like these people are fully indoctrinated and they will vote as a block for their own yeah. self-interest. Um, yeah, like... <laughs> Reverend Warnock, like an actual reverend who literally has like devoted his life to Christ, didn't get any of those votes because <laughs> Herschel Walker held up a badge and said that he's a big boy now. <laughs> like, just I can't say I won't be entertained by Herschel Walker being. I mean, in Congress. speaking of how many days until he wields a gun? And <laughs> speaking of Twitter, the there was a tweet this week about DeSantis, and it was like. He is just going to do like more and more depraved headline grabbing shit yeah. as long as he can until 2024 when he gets on stage and Donald Trump calls him Miss Florida and his entire <laughs> campaign falls apart. And it's true. It is true. Like they're all trying to be the biggest bully and like mm-hmm. whatever the fuck you can say about Donald Trump, he has that fucking sewn up. That oh, man yeah. Is, he has the magic touch. He has the fucking. Yeah. It's. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, especially someone like DeSantis is particularly ill-equipped to go up against Trump because he's he is a little baby back bitch, you know, (laughs) like no one. There are so many people and it's worse on the Democratic side, I think, because Democrats, once they get to a like a certain level, you know, like I I always think back about John Kerry and Al Gore Mm -hmm. and all these boring assholes. And oh, Beto O'Rourke is a really good example Mm -hmm. of like someone trying to seem like cool or like Beto always like swears and Mm -hmm. like but he's so fucking fake like you just can feel it that he is like doing an act and like those type of people cannot go against go up against Donald Trump because he's he'll just exactly he'll call you Miss Florida he'll call (laughs) you a little bitch and like he's not bound to any um any sort of decorum or anything and yeah you just you can't win against the big guy (laughs) 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 grim 2024 baby we're gonna have our stories back who knows i mean for what it's worth democrats held the senate maybe and we'll do nothing with it so yeah we got that to look forward to for the next another most important election of our lifetimes can't wait yeah what are you gonna do with your one wild and precious vote (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can't vote harder, guys. We did it. Now, yeah. can you guys maybe do something? But yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, 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 well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think God forbid is worth a watch. Um, oh yeah, it was it was well done, and I greatly enjoyed it. And uh, as I said, I loved seeing these hypocritical assholes just live their life and do exactly what they want, and then um, yeah, and then walk away with zero consequences at the end he did have to resign but i'm sure he's still cashing those sweet sweet liberty university checks yeah i mean i don't know what he's up to but i mean (laughs) he's a funny character because he's so like he has zero affect he's Mm -hmm. a bizarre man and 
I don't get this. I, I don't get the sense that he liked being president of Liberty University. I bet he's happier now. He probably oh, yeah. does nothing except like drink on his boat, go fishing. <laughs> yeah. Bang his wife. After or have someone else do it. 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's just rich people just outsourcing, you know, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I think it's great. It's worth a watch. Um Speaking of uh, baby back bitches, though, <laughs> um, this, and again, I know we say this every single week, but Jerry Falwell Jr. is another case of, like, men will hire 20-year-old pool boys <laughs> to bang their wife instead of going to therapy. And uh, this week, I watched Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. We've got a real man problem in this country, Jess. <laughs> Or at least the men who make it on TV. Um, Wow. (laughs) Is all I can say about that show. I finished it last night. Oh, you did? 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. 2 a.m. in the morning. I finished watching this season three of Love is Blind. And uh, spoilers ahead. Yes. Spoilers ahead. Like, so many men are just little bitches. Yeah. Like, it's. Uh, yeah, it's disheartening. <laughs> Anyone in particular you want to talk about? No, I mean, I okay, Bartiz, I just mm-hmm. hate that guy. I hate him too. I hate that man. He Not a man. Like, he is an absolute child. Getting back to the abortion issue for a moment, he has the most ideologically pure stance on abortion ever take on abortion i've ever heard which is that abortion is always wrong unless you're young and then you get one freebie and then that's like yeah you get one ticket for an abortion Abortion is murdering a baby but you get to do it once yeah (laughs) if you're young and you make a mistake you get to do it and um very very normal holds up to scrutiny very well (laughs) yeah and then cole who was a dumb man child um also was basically he was like why did that lady yell at me like after treating her like shit the entire show and um yeah just the audacity to you know like be shocked (laughs) by any of that and the okay i feel like there was a tag at the end that was supposed to reveal something about their relationship but the way they talked about it at their wedding gone wrong it was like he was being protected by the show or something and they didn't show like how truly controlling he was to her Mm -hmm. and then they showed this clip of them interacting i don't even remember what happened but i feel like it didn't really reveal anything one way or the other well it did he said they got in a fight about like two tangerines she was oh, eating yeah, two yeah, cuties yeah. and two and she said like you said are you going to eat both of those yeah like and and he said no i absolutely did not and he said if you have that like play the footage oh, yeah, and then yeah. they played the footage where he said are you going to eat both but of it those wasn't we're gonna go quite to like the fat shaming she made it out to be was i mean if that's that is a very problematic interaction and if my partner commented on what i ate all the time i would lose my mind but those two people were not suited to each other like he wanted they he wanted he said something revealing like when they were in the pods and she would like criticize him or whatever he always imagined her smiling Mm -hmm. but then when they met she wasn't smiling and it's like he couldn't take any criticism and like 
all she could do was criticize him. It, it's just yeah, and all he wanted was somebody to be sweet. Yeah, him. he wanted and a mommy. He's a child, yeah, yeah, an absolute child. Um, yeah, I don't want to deal with anyone with uh, actual emotions other than somebody who yeah. will fawn over me. Exactly. Um, my entire life. That's all I'm looking for in a partner. Which, oh boy, yeah, yeah. I think maybe love is not blind. <laughs> no, love is not blind. <laughs> Nor should it be. I mean, yeah. I I I don't know, but I was. Uh, weirdly, I started off hating uh, Raven and mm-hmm. then really grew on me. Yeah. Like, she turned out to be just fine. Yeah, I thought she was, like, kind of a, like, she, I thought at first, I mean, I still think it's kind of true. She thinks that she is, like, a complex and interesting mm-hmm. and, like, unique person. I was like, no, bitch, you're just a Pilates instructor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I feel like their relationship really evolved, like, slowly mm-hmm. and through like some kind of hard emotional work for both of mm-hmm. them and i yeah i think it's spoilers they did not get married but they are still dating apparently yeah. and trying to work it out and i i'm hopeful for them they yeah. seem sweet together yeah they do seem sweet together um i'm also concerned for nick and vanessa <laughs> i don't think they're on real solid ground <laughs> really <laughs> i don't know vanessa's a little uh she seemed a little lit to me. <laughs> Liddy like a titty, as they say yeah. on Love is Blind. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah, see, this is why. Wait, like, did Colleen and Matt get married? They yes, got married? They did. Okay. They're not going to last. They're both dumb. There's no reason, yeah. <laughs> no reason not to. I mean, it's just making the same choice day after day. So. I guess, but he's dumb. He's a young, dumb hothead. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. I don't know. I feel like there's a, there's, there's a powder keg in there. Yeah. The I way was, he reacted to her going out to yeah. a nightclub yeah, like, yeah. with all her friends, yeah. that's real red flag. I worked at a very toxic bro factory, basically. Mm-hmm. And the second I saw him, I was like, he would work there. He, oh, he, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, that is that type of man. And, yeah, he's like, yeah, the way he reacted to everything was just insane and stupid but yeah whatever she's ballet dancing yeah just like i don't i didn't i don't want to be married to a girl who does that like mm-hmm. like as though she gets married and she she automatically can't have fun anymore like yeah. she's like 25 or Less 26 true, like <laughs> <laughs> it's not that you can't it's that you don't <laughs> no um yeah i i don't know these people are problematic every last one of them i did yeah, think maybe the bigger telling... problem is like getting married in your mid-20s yeah like, that's a yeah. little too young yeah absolutely um the uh yeah i thought i thought it was telling that this was the first season that like all the women basically were just like oh yeah he's a piece of shit like they all like you know, vocally said it about Cole or whatever. They oh, were like, yeah. you could do so much better. And yeah. like, yeah, true. And just to see his like absolute bewilderment. At, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, he, he's that kind of man too who like acts like a charming kid. Yeah. Like you can't base your entire personality on the movie big, you know, like, 
Like he's like a twelve year old, like yeah, and he who thinks refuses, that's cute. yeah, who like refuses to be an actual grown person, and um, yeah, it's not cute. Mm-mm. Nobody wants that. Mm-mm. Nobody wants to be your mommy. Nope. I, I somebody does probably. There's probably a line of Becky women Falwell's who, who want to be his <laughs> in the market. <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah, that's they seem fine. Um, getting back <laughs> to the Falwells. Giancarlo um, has written a book. His author, <laughs> his his co-author, co-author was the guy Ed that they interviewed, who was hilarious throughout this oh, documentary. Who was of, that guy? He's the co-author of Giancarlo's. Book. Is that how he was billed in the documentary? Because uh, I missed. He his was billed as like a an, a journalist or oh, author okay, okay. or whatever, but like he's the ghostwriter, obviously. Okay. Um, but hilarious he's like they're like the gatsby's they're like rich and messy as fuck they're like <laughs> just yeah that sums up the fallwells like rich and messy as fuck right which is fine if that's like be rich and messy as fuck if i was rich i would be messy as you know messy as fuck as well right. but don't exploit people yeah don't yeah exploit people and also don't tell people you can't drink at college and you can't have sex and you can't do any of these things that we're doing all the time with many people. I mean, they were having sex within their biblical marriage. Sure. Plus, plus one. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like I said, a small amount of kink shaming, but like, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> you do you. Like, that's, that's fine. Sure. I guess. <laughs> Shudder. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, anything else that you're watching that you? Um, it's the season, Jess. It's Hallmark movie season. I have watched a couple Hallmark movies. I, yeah. I, if anyone has any recommendations this year for fun, you know, Hallmark type Christmas movies, please tweet them at us. Well, the Lindsay Lohan. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch that. Yeah. I can't believe it's been out for two days or whatever, and I haven't yeah. watched it. Um, it's basically overboard, right? Like, I don't know anything about it. That's the oh yeah, she gets amnesia. Or yeah, something. so it's overboard in the snow, basically. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Been hoping for a Lindsay Lohan comeback for I don't know 20 years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Your patience has been rewarded. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if anyone has any recommendations, please tweet them at us. BFF TV on the radio. Yes, I watched one that I can't describe because it was so bland. But yeah, I, I think I told my husband, like, this feels like the opposite of being alive. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> you know, usually the what works about those movies, they're, you know, generic and extremely mm-hmm. formulaic. But, you know, there's something so pedal to the metal about it. Like, you take the formula and you, it's like, you know, city you know girl boss has to move home to run her family's business but the family's business is like a snow globe store or something. Farm. Exactly. literally literally i, saw I that watched one. that one <laughs> like you gotta make it really over the top or have a you know a royal in disguise from a sure, fake sure, sure. eastern european country who just wants to help a lady in you know backwater vermont revive the winter festival like it's just got to be over the top somewhere. And the couple I've watched this season have just been like watching fucking floral print wallpaper dry. That's not a thing, but 
That's, well, that is what it's like. It's like watching wallpaper dry. Literally nothing happens. <laughs> well, I um, have a recommendation for Please. you. Sarah Ramos. Uh-huh. Sarah E. Ramos, um, host of the Renner Files, um, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> crowdsourced whether or not she should make a Hallmark movie. Okay. Resoundingly was told, yes, she should make a Hallmark movie. And she has made and released a Kismet Christmas. So, okay. So uh, I will give that one a shot because I find her delightful. Her That's great. Did she, did she do it independently? Or did no, she, no, no, no. It's a, an actual movie. Hallmark. Oh, great. Like Congrats straight to up Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I will be watching that one. I will, of course, be watching the Lindsay Lohan one. Will you do your annual um, tweet roundup? <laughs> I might. You you must, TV. Jess. This might be the last year we can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At Jess every year tweets a roundup of what Christmas movies she's watched and what her thoughts were. Yeah. Um, let's see how much I can remember. <laughs> yeah, I will once again. <laughs> I've taken some notes that like when I'm, you know, drinking wine and watching a movie, I sometimes like, you know, to do a review of holiday movies, I type notes and just autocorrect is not yeah. my friend this year i do not know what i'm talking about the next day <laughs> yeah if you're looking for um one from years past let me once again make the recommendation for the most batshit one i've ever seen with jason Priestley and terry polo stranded in a mexican town <laughs> with i'm i'm not going to spoil it but the the thing at the end with a kid who can't walk having oh a God. christmas miracle really I can't remember what it's called I will I'll search for it and I will uh, tweet it out but I feel like everyone should watch it and we should all talk about whether it was a shared fever dream yeah, or that's not the ones that are the best are like yeah. what the fuck did I just watch yeah I watched one last year I want to say it was called a very Brady Christmas but I don't think it could have been called that legally starred, <laughs> well no it starred the like remaining Members of the Brady Bunch, like a few of them. And it, but they weren't the Brady Bunch. They were different characters. And it was about a guy who wants to propose to his girlfriend and he invites her whole family, the Brady Bunch, to be there when he proposes. It weirdly takes place in the desert, which didn't feel very Christmas, like the Grand Canyon or some shit. Sure. And so, they have Christmas in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very festive down there. In the, yeah. <laughs> the Segura all have little yeah. Santa hats. But um, and but it has all of these like references to the Brady Bunch inexplicably. It's just yeah, absolute fever dream of mm-hmm. a of a movie. And um, I I felt like I was on ayahuasca, honestly, <laughs> between the desert landscape and the yeah. the Brady Bunch assembling to presumably make enough money to pay off their gambling debts. I don't know why these people, maybe they don't get residuals from Brady Bunch syndication, but yeah, some real weird ones out there. That's what I'm interested in. So tweet at us. Yeah, send them our way at BFF TV on the radio. And if you, um, if Twitter does go away, like I personally am ready to let go and have those four hours a day back. Sure. But since I, that's the only way we tell people what our show is going to be about, we we are on Instagram. We're very bad at it, but we're gonna we'll start Instagramming will what, we? what we talk about. Okay. <laughs> I will make an effort. Are we BFF TV on the radio on Instagram? Yes, we are. Yes. BFF TV on the radio. Okay. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um 
yeah, we'll be back next week with more TV on the radio. Um, please do get those Christmas wrecks at us. Also, shocking number of Christmas trees up already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sh- shocking. All throughout the city. I don't know. People are in desperate need of holiday cheer, I guess. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Please keep it here on BFF.FM. Indie Rock Girl Radio is coming up next, and we'll be back with more TV on the radio. Just a dream That was just a dream that-